I've been answering the question, that's why. What's why? Well, that, the question. Why this week, the question is, why did God give me free will? Say this with me. Say, why did God give mankind or humankind, if we're going to be politically correct, because everybody seems to need to be, it's why, say it with me, why did God give humankind free will? Why did God give us a free will? It's not a difficult question, it's an easy question, but I want to answer this question in three ways today and help us to come to the place that we understand why it was better for him to give us free will than it was for him to be imposing in every decision that would be made in our lifetime. He wasn't interested in being a dictator, although he dictates. He wasn't interested in being a king, although he's a king. He didn't even want to be a judge, although he's a judge. He didn't create man with judgment in mind. He created man with blessing in mind. He didn't say, I want to judge something, so I'm going to create this being, and I'm going to call it man and woman. He said, I want to create something that will worship me, that will love me, will serve me, will honor me, will rule and reign over what I've created. And I want to give them something that seems contrary to what a God would do. So why did God give us free will and not just make us serve Him? Wouldn't it have been easier if He had just said, I'm just going to make these guys and this is how they're going to live? Bless God, they're going to serve. Or I guess He wouldn't say bless God. He'd say, bless me. I'm going to create them and they are going to serve me. I'm going to create them and they are going to be my subjects. He didn't do that. You know why He didn't do that? One, he wants to be loved. And removing free will removes love. The moment free will is gone, love is not present. If I tell you to love me, you will love me. And then you and, and I threaten you because I'm a dictator. If you don't love me, these are the consequences. Then you'll put on love, act love, give the appearance of love, live like it's love in whatever way is necessary to be deceptive, but you'll never really love. And if there's any attainment to what love might be even on a small scale in a relationship like that. 
If God said you will love me and we were able to get to the level of even a small amount of love, in the middle of that love would be fear, which then would cause whatever level of love we might have been able to get to become irrelevant because we would be controlled more by our fear than by our love. When fear is present, that thing that creates the fear is the thing that begins to control us, cause us to make decisions. So removing free will, it would not be love either coming or going, either coming from the Father or back from us. If he said, you're going to do it, this, it would not be love coming or going. He wouldn't love us because he said, this is what you're going to do and you're going to do it. And we wouldn't love him because it would just be, we'd just be obeying the law. If I don't do this, it, it, I'm just obeying the law. Now, that's what religion wants us to believe. Religious wants us, religion wants you to believe that there's no, there is no freedom. There's no free will. That God said, this is it. And, and listen, if you go to a movie, or you play with a deck of cards, or you throw the dice, you're going to hell. That's what religion wants us to believe. But the Father said, those things are irrelevant to me. The more you get to know me, the more you'll find out whether those things do or do not honor me. I gave you a free will to dive into me. And when you dive into me, those things will become clear because perfect love casts out uh-huh, every time. And perfect love cannot be achieved without free will. But most people, and it's probably true of all of us or most of us, Certainly at some point in all of our lives, most of us would not argue that free will is better than no will at all. We wouldn't argue that. Until, until, everybody say until. Free will reveals its consequences. Free will is better than no free will. Until there's consequences attached to my free will. And you, we've all heard it. If God really loved us, why this? If God really cared about the world, why this? Why are there wars? Why are people dying? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And I'm going to share a story very quickly. kind of hinges on something that Kaylee Hoffman shared a few weeks ago, but in 1985, or 1995, not 85, I wasn't even married yet, but in 1995, when we lost our son, there was never a question in my mind, why? There was never a question in my mind, if you're really God, Stephen would be breathing right now. If you're really God, my son would be alive. My namesake, if you're really God, would be alive right now. But I never did that. I took that child, and I held that child in my hand, and I held him up before the Father, and I said, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And we're going to dance on the ashes. And we're going to say, be glorified, whatever it looks like. No question, there were tears in my eyes. I was broken hearted. My wife was broken hearted. 
But I never questioned for a second why that happened. I never questioned for a second where was a good God that I had served for so long. Because here's the reality. If we had never been given free will, it would be safe to say, hear what I'm about to tell you, Stephen Allen Parker would be alive right now. If God had not given man free will, it would be safe to say there would not be one single person lying in a grave today that's lying in a grave. Because there would have been no opportunity to eat of the forbidden fruit. And it was the eating of the forbidden fruit that led to the death that we know. To the sin that we've all had to deal with. If you remove that free will, there is... No consequence that we know of except for we have no free will. On our part, there's no consequences. On the part of God, the consequence is who's worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, which is what He desired from the very beginning. And the Father said it's worth the risk to breathe into Adam and to breathe into Eve and to say, I'm going to let you choose whether or not you serve me. I'm going to let you choose. I hope you do well. But it's worth the risk to breathe into you and to see what the outcome is. Would you turn with me, please, in your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 5. We're both blessed with free will and we are cursed with it. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, I want to read uh, first this morning out of the NIV. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV and the English Standard Version. But first, I'm going to begin with the NIV. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says this. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called. This is Paul. He's speaking to the Galatians. Listen, I'm going to teach you something about this passage that's really, I, I hope it's going to wake you up. You, you want to be awakened? He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called. Everybody say called. To be free, not bound, not in bondage. Nevertheless, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly or humbly in love. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I want to read to you what the word called means, the Greek word for called. This is a very interesting word. You ready for this? you got to love what's about to happen because this is what law does. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called. The Greek word is kamar, which means you have been lifted out of the pit. You, my brothers and sisters, have been elevated out of a pit. And let me tell you what the rest of that word is in the Greek. Slash slime. You, my brothers and sisters, have been lifted out of the pit so that you could be free. In other words, what Paul is saying to the Galatians, which is what I'm saying to you and to me today, which is what the Father is saying to all of us is, he says, you, my sons and daughters, you, my brothers and sisters, have been called, you have been lifted out of the pit of slime where you had no freedom so that you could be free. 
said, I did that for, some, for a reason. So he said, do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, but rather use it for the reason it was given to serve one another humbly in love. Use it. Everybody say, use my freedom. Use my freedom. Say it like this. Say, he said, he said use my freedom, use my freedom. To, serve. to serve. When I was in the pit, I couldn't serve. Let me ask you a question today. Are you a serving person? If you're not, you're in a pit. Do you serve anywhere? Do you serve anyone? I'm not serving nobody, nobody. I'm not serving nobody. You are a pitter, 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 pitter. That's nice. But the great thing is, the Father says, I want to, I have, Paul said, he called you out of the pit so that you could be free to serve humbly with love. So the first thing, why, 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 why did God give us a free will? First thing, he gave us a free will so that we could serve. Am I serving? Then am I really free? If I'm not serving, am I really free? Because freedom gives me the liberty, it gives me the space to do things that are outside of myself. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? See, when we're in the pit, all we're concerned with is getting out of the pit. I'm not worried about the guy beside me. Hey, man, you find your own ladder. I'm trying to dig my way. I'm just trying to keep my head above the slime. I don't have time to serve you. But Paul said, the Father said, I've, I've called you. I have lifted you out of the pit of slime so that you could be free to serve, and you could do that with love. Love, 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 love. Love what? Love that the Father loved me enough to get me out of this thing, and He has helped me to get outside of myself so that I have time to invest in others. Let's do a self-evaluation real quick. Can we do this live? It's easier to do it live than it is dead. <laughs> Let's do a self-evaluation. Very quickly, very quickly, run through your head. Who, whom have you served this week? Don't say it out loud. Have you thought of anybody yet? Don't nod your head. If you could not think of anybody, wonder why. I'm not talking about the guy you work for, the woman you work for, that pays you. That's not serving. That's working. If you're getting something for it, you're not serving. Oh, man. Steve, stop it. No, 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 no. Why did God give us a free will? He gave us a free will so that we could serve, and we could serve humbly with love. Control was a pit. The absence of free will was a pit. Pit being that slime, all of this together. Free will allows us to serve. Without freedom, we cannot serve anyone other than 
ourselves. There's only space for me. When I'm in the pit, it is a restrictive place. How many, don't wait, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. Don't even say amen or yes or you're talking to me. Don't do anything. Don't, I'm shutting my eyes. How many feel the restriction of a pit? It's just you and you feel like I don't have time, room, space for anybody else and it is just consuming me. I am overwhelmed with the stuff in my own little world. And you just feel like you're in that thing. I'm not looking around the room. I'm not peeking. He said, I have lifted you out of that. I've given you opportunity to be raised up out of that thing today. Well, how are we going to do that? Because we're going to do it this way. He said, I've given you the freedom to say, to disown the pit. Oh, say that with me. Say, I choose to disown the pit. Pit doesn't belong to me. Say it. And I don't belong to the pit. No, you don't. No, 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 you do not. I don't belong to the pit. The pit doesn't belong to me. Why am I going to stay in the pit? How am I going to get out of the pit? I don't get out of the pit because I keep saying, I'm getting out of this pit. I don't get out of the pit because I look at the wall and I say, I'm getting out of you. You can't hold me. I'm prophesying to you. Pit, you're about to come down around me. Mm-hmm. The father said, I've given you a really easy way to get out. He said, I've called you out of the pit, and this is how you get out of the pit. He said, I've called you out of the pit so that you can be free, and your freedom comes because you serve. Free to serve. He said, you begin to, be, you begin to serve, and you're going to find out your pit's getting shallower and shallower until your pit turns into a mountain. You didn't hear what I said. No, you didn't. You did not hear what I said. I know you didn't. Because you, you, there would have been a louder yeah than that. When that pit becomes inverted, you take that pit, when that pit gets shallower and shallower, and you're finding ways to get outside of yourself, get outside of me. i got to get outside of me. Serving is all about somebody else. Mm. But what about all of my concerns? If, if we're all serving correctly, somebody's going to start serving your concerns. Yes. Somebody's getting what I'm talking about. I can't hang out here long. We have to go to the next point, too. I've got to get outside of myself. And the Father says, you get outside of yourself. You're going to find out you start serving people. What's going to happen is, not because it's, it's required. He said, I gave you a free will so that you could serve and demonstrate to me that you care about people like I do. I created them. Do you love them like me? Last thing the Father ever wanted to be for any of us is a puppet master. We're not careful sometimes in families, we, we begin to develop that. If we're not careful, we have to be careful as parents especially, that we don't become the puppet master of our children. Start deciding where our children are going to go, what they're going to do, who they're going to be, what they're going to become. When we start becoming their puppet master, what we do, what we're doing is we're digging that pit for them. We're making the pit for them. We're digging it deeper. The very thing that we're, we believe we're setting them free from, we're making it more difficult for them, for them to escape from. Hmm. So he lifted us from the pit so we could 
serve in love, with love, not as a slave, not as a subject. But so that we could serve in love means serve with a smile on my face. How can I help you today? When's the last time we've asked, you've asked anybody, how can I help you today? When's the last time somebody asked you or me? Let's just get real. When's the last time somebody asked you or me? I'm throwing me in there. When's the last time none of us are going to answer? <laughs> but when's the last time somebody asked you or me, they said, how are you today? And we went like this. We went. Kaylee asked me, how am I today? Say it again. It's not about me. I want to know, how are you today? Touche. We're really, let's go get some coffee. Well done. When's the last time we just said to someone, how, are you, how can I serve you today? What can I do for you today? I'm free to serve. Why do you give us free will? So that we could serve. We could serve. Not just one another, but in places and ways and things. And uh, You want to serve? I'll, t- I'll give you ways to you can serve around here. You want to know how to serve? S- send me an email today. I'll answer every one of them. Today I'll have an answer. Turn with me to please to Joshua chapter 24, 14. Love this. Love, love, love this. You'll be very familiar with this. this is, I'm going to read it out of the NIV as well. Joshua chapter 24, starting with verse 14. I'll give you a second to get there. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with... There's that serve thing again. Outside of myself. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord... (laughs) This is so crazy about the whole free will uh, thought process, idea, manifestation that that the Father released to us. Listen to what he says. Joshua said, well, let me me say this before I read any more. If you read all of Joshua 24, which we can't do today, but if you read all of Joshua 24, you'll find that beginning with verse 1, actually going back into chapter 23, you're going to find that Joshua begins to reiterate and revisit again all that God has done for Israel, all that He has done for Israel. That nation. He begins to talk. We, he delivered us at the Red Sea. He delivered us out of Egypt. He did this. He gave us water. He did that. He just goes on. When this enemy came against us, he destroyed them. And when this, you know, and he just goes on and on and on and on that, that chapter talking about, listen, these are all the great things that God did for us. And, and, and he's, he's reminding them again. He's such a great God. And this is what he's done for us. And he says then, after saying all of that, he says, now. Fear Him and serve Him with faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship. My first question when I read that, it's always been the same. How is it possible that after Joshua recites everything that the Father has done for Israel, it's still even possible that they have other gods mixed in there? What causes people to cling to the things that separate them from God right in the middle of God doing amazing things in their life? Don't know that I can answer that. 
Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Stop serving them and serve the Lord. Did you not just hear what he did for you? He also elevated you, lifted you out of the pit. But if serving the Lord, this is what's crazy. <laughs> Again, you just ask yourself, how is this even possible? But listen, he did all of those things for you. It's really cool. It's amazing. It's awesome. No other God can do that because there's no other God alive. Yet you've got a few of them on your shelf, and you've got a few of them in your life, and you've got a few of them that you worship, you know, you go visit, you know, whenever. Nevertheless, he did all of that. But if serving him seems undesirable to you, then choose for you this day whom you will serve. After he did all of that, if you still don't like God, then, you know, just decide who you're going to serve. That always just jumps out at me. And I'm like, how is it possible that serving God could be undesirable after you just recited everything that you just did? And that wasn't even all of it. He didn't even mention going all the way back to Noah. Does anybody hear me in here? He said, so God did all this for you, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether it will be the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Whose God are you going to? You're going to serve the God that gave you the freedom to choose? Or are you going to serve the God that you've chose? that isn't even alive and didn't do any of these things. Where's the recitation of all the things those gods did for you? As for me and my house, he said, we will serve the Lord. And then Proverbs 16, verse 9 says this. He said, you're free to grow. Everybody say, free to grow. Why did God give us a free will? So that we could grow. Without a free will, there's no growth. You are what you are. You are what you are. Listen, there's a reason. Listen, track with me for a second. There's a reason when God created Adam and Eve, he created adults. Because there was no, in the original intent, there was no reason to have babies. So he created, if, he, if all his purpose, if his only purpose was, I'm not going to give you a free will. I'm just going to create beings that will serve me. He would have created a world of adults. There's no need for growth. He created Adam. There was no need to grow because you were walking with me in the garden. What could you grow into? Everything I knew, you knew. What were you going to possibly learn? when that relationship was right. Eve, how would you possibly mature before you ate of the forbidden fruit? How would it even be possible for you to mature because there was nothing to learn. All knowledge was present in you. Wisdom was present in you. The heavenlies and the earthly realm were already present in you. You could have walked from one to the other. 
You hearing what I'm saying today? He didn't create a baby because there was no intention for a need for growth. There was, they were grown. All wisdom, all knowledge, all maturity, all God was present in Adam and Eve when he created them. And he said, the only thing I'm asking you to do is don't stunt your growth. Don't get off the mountain and into the pit. Don't eat of the forbidden fruit. Ooh, I, mm. Oh, I'm tempted to go somewhere with it. I'm not. Another day. Don't eat of the forbidden fruit. Mm. Said, because if you do, all that wisdom, all that knowledge, all of a sudden, listen, you know this part. You will know all things. He wasn't talking about all things heaven and earth. He was talking about all things opposed to heaven and earth. It's when they ate of the fruit, they became fully knowledgeable of sin and death and everything that was opposed to God. Before that, they knew all things. There was nothing else to know. What else do we need to know outside of sin? If I never knew sin was possible, what else would I want to know? Would I want to know that? I really want to know how I can sin. I really want to see my nakedness. I don't want to feel comfortable in my own skin. Is anybody hearing me today? So he said, you're free to grow. He gave us a free will. This is why. So that we could grow. So that we could grow. He said, because I want you to grow. And what I want you to do is I want you to grow in such a way so that your achievements are because you've applied yourself. And again, you served and you loved. But your achievements cause you to begin to grow. Serve somebody and watch how much you grow. Serve something outside of yourself and watch what it does for you. Get interested in what somebody else is doing and it will blow your mind. Proverbs 69 says this, The heart of a man plans his way. Oh, I'm going to read you another. I'm going to give you another Greek definition because this is really cool. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe not. The heart of a man plans his way. Everybody say plans his way. But the Lord or... God or Yahweh, the Lord establishes, everybody say establishes, this is in the English Standard Version, establishes His steps. I'll read that again. It says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes His steps. So the heart of a man, so I, like you, we sit there, we plot out our course. This is where we're headed, this is what we're doing, because God gave us a free will. I can say, I'm going to serve Him, I'm going to honor Him, I'm going to live my life so that my words reflect Him, so that my actions reflect Him, the places I visit reflect Him, what I watch on TV, what I go to the movies to see, whatever I do, my communication at the table, my communion with others. I'm going to reflect God. I'm going to reflect, I'm going to serve Him, and it's going to honor Him. I can choose to do that, or I can choose to say, you know what, who cares? about God what really what difference does it make he gave me a life I can do whatever I want he'll forgive me hey live long and prosper 
do whatever I want. So I can choose to do either of those. So I get to choose. The heart of a man plans his way. So whatever's in my heart, I begin to develop that pathway. This is where I want to be. The day that I got saved on July the 8th, 1985, when I got saved, I began to chart a different course. My course on that day looked nothing like the course I was on on July the 7th, 1985. There was a divergent course. I mean, it literally went different directions. Suddenly, there was a shift in the heavenlies and in the earthly the day that I got saved, and I began to plot my course. But then he says this, but he says, the, the heart of the man plans his path, but the Lord establishes his steps. What in the world does that mean? Listen to what established means in Greek. I love this. It's kun, kun. That's how you say that word in Greek, kun. And it means to make ready, to prepare, and to make provision. For what? The Lord establishes the heart of a man, uh, plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The Lord makes ready or prepares his steps. So what does the Father do? The Father says, I'm going to give you free will. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make way. I'm going to prepare your steps. I'm going to say, this is the way that you have a choice to walk in. But I've given you a free will to decide whether or not you like that path. I've given you a free will to decide whether that's the direction you want to go. You don't have to. Because the heart of the man establishes your path. That, that's your plan. Makes your plan. And you can do whatever you want to. But he said, what I've done is I've prepared a way that leads to life. I've prepared a way that leads to fullness. Is there anybody in this room that doesn't want all that God has for you? I think everybody does. Is there anybody in this room that wants all that God has for you? So he says what he's done is he has prepared a way. He has prepared a path. He has made it ready. And all he's doing is he's saying, I've given you a free will because I really, I want you to demonstrate that you want something as bad as me. I could make you, I could take Kim Parker and I could say, Kim Parker, (laughs) that's a nice path. But I worked really hard on this one. So I'm just going to take your little body and I'm going to set your little body over here where it belongs. And I could do that. But the Father wants to celebrate the relationship that He has with you and me. He wants to rejoice in the relationship that He has with you and me. He said, listen, He said, when you honor me because you're doing it, because you choose to take up residence and to begin your journey on the path that I've established for you, you're saying to me, hey, you're God, and you are all-knowing, and I believe in your word. And you know what? The heavens rejoice over that. And it gives the Father something to work with to say, wait till you get to the end of that road. You wait till you get to the end of that road. See, and then too many times we get on that, that heart, that path, or that plan that our own heart established, and, and the Father's saying the same thing about that. He's saying, wait till you get to the end of that road. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but that's all right. I'll make a U-turn up here, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. And the Father said, just... Listen, let me show you. Let me give you, let me show you something. Make sure that camera's following me. So here's my paths. I got this path over here. That's my own. I've got this path over here that the Father established. At some point, I want to make the path that the Father established for me my path. I don't want to have to look at that path and say, oh, that's God's path. This is my path. Woo. I want to say, that's God's path. Hey, that's my path. And I want to be on that path. But here's what happens. Check this out. 
So I've got two paths here, parallel paths. This is the Father's, this is mine. Now, as I'm, if I choose to keep going on my path when I know that the Father has a path for me, but I choose to keep going on my path, I'm not serving, I'm not loving, I'm not talking, I'm not getting involved, I'm not going to be a part, I'm not going to be a voice. Oh, man, that was a bad deal. I'm so sorry. That was a bad choice, Father. I really, I'm going to repent of this thing, and I'm going to make it right. So what's the Father do? He forgives me of all of that, and then I'm transported over into his path. Now I'm lined up, but what about all that stuff that I left behind? <laughs> what about all that stuff that was behind me? I was, uh, now I'm on his path. But what about all that stuff that's behind me? Do you hear me today? See, when we, he gave us a free will so that we could be free to grow. And what the Father says is on my path, when you get on my path, he said, I want you to grow. And what happens is, there's none of us in this room that we haven't been on our own path before. Isn't this true, Chris? You, you testified of this not too long ago, something similar. Isn't it true that so often, if we're not careful, we get on our own path. And then we realize the error of our way and we repent and we get back on his path, even if a moment might have been missed, a revelation, a season, or whatever, an age. And we get over there. We grow from that. And what we grow from that is we grow and we say, I'm not doing that again. I've learned something. I've learned that his ways are better than my ways. His ways are higher, deeper, broader, wider. His ways are better than my ways. I grow. He said, I gave you a free will so that you could grow because I wanted you to grow into me. I want you to know me. He says, I want you to know, to know, to know, to know me. Now, in Revelation chapter 3, turn there, it's the last verse I'm going to go to today. Revelation chapter 3. The last thing I want to say today is, and the answer of that's why he gave us a free will is so that we could be free to answer. Everybody say free, free to answer. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I am knocking. And if anyone hears my voice and they open that door, I will come into him and I will eat with him and he will eat with me. Say it again. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and they will open that door, I will come into him and I will eat with him. I will commune with him and he will commune and eat with me. If anyone Anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice. He gave us the freedom to answer when the Father called. He gave us the freedom to answer. He said, I gave you a free will because I want you to know that when you come to serve, he says, I want to know when you come to serve me that you are coming of your own free will. I want you to come because you want to be with me. I want you to be here because you want to be with me. Can I take this, make it real practical today? I want you to be in this house this morning because you want to grow. I want you to be listening to what I'm preaching today because you want to grow. I don't want you to be here because you want this church to be like the one you left. If that's the case, go back where you came from. If the church you left is what you want this one to be, then go back to the one you left. Does that make sense? But I want you to be free to grow. And you know what? In freedom to grow, grow, you know what happens sometimes? There's challenges. Growth is always marked by expressions and moments and seasons and times of 
What was that? How did this happen? Where did that come from? And as we dig into that and we look into that, it, suddenly it's like, ah, that's where it came from. I learned something. Boom, I grew. I learned something. I grew. How did that happen? I figured it out. I grew. And my borders become enlarged and my thoughts and my mind and my, my, the revelation of the kingdom of God begins to grow and the Father is pleased with that. And he says, now, see, I could have made you know all of that. I could have made you have that knowledge. But it would have been entitlement to you. It would have been, I'm a child of God. I know all things. Me and God are like this. In fact, I don't know where God starts and I stop. And, you know, and, and the father said, I just, I always want you to know I'm God and you're not. <laughs> I always want you to know that I'm God and you're not. You're just like me. It's like I'd say to my kids. You're, you're a lot like me, but you aren't me. And the day you feel like you are me, I'm giving you the bills. <laughs> then you can show me how much like me you are. <laughs> you might look just like me, act exactly like me, live at my address, but you are not me. But the Father says, I want you to be free to grow. I want you to grow because when you grow, the reward is you get to say, you know what? My obedience to the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Father. He knocked on the door and I heard. I listened and I answered the door. I had the freedom to choose that. He gave me the freedom to say, yes, I want or no, I don't. And I choose yes. When he says, I give you the choice today, he's saying to you today, He's giving you the choice today. What do you choose? He's giving you the choice. He's giving you the freedom to serve. He's giving you the freedom to love. He's giving you the freedom today to grow, to learn. He's given you these freedoms. What do you choose today? What do you choose? I can tell you engaging the Father is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. It's the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. And it's the most difficult thing. I said in the very beginning, I said in the very beginning, I said, the freedom that the Father give us, gave us, gives us, because He gives it every day. The freedom that the Father gives us is both a blessing and a cursing. It's a blessing on the days that I get to choose. Woo, man, yeah, this is a great choice, and I got to choose something, and I did it, and I celebrated, and it was awesome, and God said, yeah, look what I did for you, because you obeyed, you were obedient to me, and you were just such a good boy. Then it's a curse on the days when, when I have a big decision to make. It's like, what do I do? God, I just need you to make the decision for me. And the Father says, no, this is where the growing part comes in. There's not a wrong choice, but it is a growing choice. Does anybody hear what I said? It's not a wrong, it's just a growing choice. It's a learning choice. He said, so, no, that other decision that you made that was really easy and you saw the fruit of that decision, it was the right decision, that was great. I celebrated that with you. But I'm just going to stand back here and I'm just going to watch how you do this tough one now. 
This is a big one. This is a really because that guy that you're dealing with right now that is making you make that decision, that dude that or that place or that thing or that her or that him or whatever it might be that's making this a very difficult decision for you. See, they haven't served anybody, so they don't know what it's like to get outside of themselves, but you have, so you've got to make it. What are you going to do? I want to watch you grow from this. And then he kind of sits back and he just kind of looks and he says, Okay. When you make a decision in our growing, in our free-to-grow process, everybody say my free-to-grow process. When you make a decision in your free-to-grow process, and in every way it seems like the wrong decision, the most incredible thing about the living God, the only God, the omnipotent God, He is it. There isn't another. The most incredible thing about Him is this. He says, that wasn't the best choice. We can get that corrected. You have not made a choice that cannot be corrected. You have not made a decision. No one in this building has made a decision. Oh, you don't know. I don't. I don't even want to. But he does. And you have not made a choice. You have not made a decision. You've not said something, done something, been somewhere, gone somewhere. Whatever it might be, you fill in the blank. You've not done it where it cannot be corrected. And when it's corrected, see, growth doesn't come because you think about getting it right. Growth comes when you get it right. The, 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 the fruit of growth is the action. Actually, growth is the fruit of obedience. Growth comes because I said, oh, what have I done? It could be something you've done for a long time, forever, for a short time, whatever. I'm telling you today, he gave us free will because he says, I, I want you to be you. I want you to live. I want you to love. I want you to serve. I want you to love one another like I love you. But I don't want you to love fakey. Love is not demonstrated, as we've said a thousand times. I don't even want to go there right now. I don't want to define it today, but I'll define it in short. It's not demonstrated because we put our arm around someone's neck. It's not demonstrated because I get in someone's face and I say, I love you. It's demonstrated because I go, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't miss that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it came over me. I'm going to grow from that. It's demonstrated. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> that is my wife. If you don't know, that is my wife. But now I don't even know where I was at. So whatever the point was. Yes, it's not demonstrated because we put our arm around somebody or say we love them or kiss them on the face or whatever. It's demonstrated because we're honest and we serve them. We give them room to grow. We don't serve people when we're not giving them room to grow. We're not serving people when we don't give them room to be human in a human world. I can't believe they did that. Shame on them, that little hellion. And I thought they were, mm -hmm. 
And I watched them Sunday with their hands all lifted up, and they were shouting glory, man. I was, mm-hmm. We're free to grow when we give people room to grow. And say, yeah, they might have been lifting their hands, shouting glory on Sunday. Who in the world knows what happened on Monday? And by the time they got to the following Sunday, man, the whole world could have collapsed in the world. So what a great time to be free to serve. What? It's a whole circle? (laughs) Great time to say, man, you were shouting last Sunday. Not very loud this Sunday. Let's grow together. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about today? Doesn't mean either. It doesn't mean this either. I just want to clarify this one thing. Just one thing, one thing. And then I'm going to wrap it up. For real. It doesn't mean getting in everybody's business. Man, last Sunday you were all into it. This Sunday you're not. Tell me everything that's going on. If you want to go get coffee and just tell me, you can, you can trust me with every single detail. Tell me what time it happened, too, because I really want to know that. And I'll bring my pad and pen, too. I'll make sure I get all the notes. Everybody's saying, no way. That's not serving. Yeah, that's meddling. That's exactly right. Thank you, Tim. That's a good word. But this is a really a word that if you will let it get into your heart, this word will change you today. If you will listen to this. In fact, we're gonna, I want you to listen to this again this week, and then I want you to listen to it again. And I want you to get this in your heart. Be free to serve. You can't get to growing if you're not serving. This whole thing is a circle of truth. get outside of this place. Amen? So why? The question was, why did God give us a free will? Because He wants us to grow. He knows serving leads to loving. It's a demonstration. He wants these things to happen in us. And He said, if they would never have the experience of what growth is if I made all their decisions for them. They wouldn't even know what it's like. They wouldn't know the joys of serving others if I took away the need for serving. The reason the poor will always be with us, the reason there's challenges in the earth, is he said, because I want you to know the joys of serving and what comes out of that. Because... He hasn't asked anything of us he has not done himself. And how many times already today has he served you? Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Honey, please join me.